In this episode, we're talking vulnerability, honesty, and finding your truth through song with musician Jameson Ryder Sand. Let's get started. You're listening to the Think Outside the Lines podcast. Practical solutions and ideas for designing the life you want with an added dose of inspiration. And now, here's your host, Sean Feeney. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Think Outside the Lines podcast, where every week I talk to people who are out there designing the lives of their dreams. It's my belief that if they can do it, so can you. And these conversations are meant to inspire you to take action and to pursue the life you've always wanted to live. I'm Sean, and you can find me at thinkoutsidethelines.com, where we explore these ideas further. My guest today inspires the world through the gift of song. He just finished his first album, which he wrote, produced, and recorded on his own. His authentic perspective is both unique and refreshing, and our conversation is sure to leave you inspired. In my opinion, this is probably the most powerful interview I've done to date. Jameson opens up about a lot of personal things, including the death of his mom, his experience with drugs, depression, fear, and thoughts of suicide. Ultimately, his story is relatable and inspiring. But a slight disclaimer, this content may not be for everyone. That said, I'm very proud of this interview, and I'm excited for you to get to know this remarkable human being. It's time to think outside the lines with Jameson Ryder Sand. All right, you ready to get started? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Jameson, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. Glad to be here. Awesome. Now, I always start off my interviews with an icebreaker lightning round of questions, and it kind of helps my audience get to know you a bit before we dive in. Are you ready? Sure. All right. What is the greatest desire in your life at the moment? Ooh, damn. Starting off with that question. Awesome. Yeah, I'm Um, skipping a beat. (laughs) Right? Um, The greatest desire in my life right now. Uh, Complete and utter happiness. Oh, I can't wait to talk more about what that means later. (laughs) Coffee or tea? Coffee. Favorite song currently? Ooh, favorite song now. Um, Kiss Me by Ed Sheeran. Not hip-hop. Oh, wow. Not hip-hop, but good song. Yes. Um, do you have like a favorite song of all time that you want to share? Imagine by uh, John Lennon. Oh, of course. Good one. Good one. Um, I'm what, just going straight off the top of the head. I, don't, I have no idea what you're asking me right now. I love it. What is your best childhood memory? Who? Um, I'm going for the Oprah stuff here. Yeah, right? I love it. Uh, let's see. Best childhood memory. Damn. It's an epic one. Um, first thing that came to mind was, uh, was Christmas as a kid, the year I got a hamster. I don't know why, but that's the first thing that cop- that popped into my mind. I love it. So I'm going to go with it. Let's go with it. <laughs> What's your favorite place you've ever traveled to? Santorini, Greece. Oh, wow. Good place. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, my dad took me there as a graduation present from college. I graduated from, um, music business school. Um, and he, he kind of grew up in uh, Athens a little bit. Um, he went to high school there. My dad was in the CIA and uh, was stationed there for a while. So, um, my dad took me there. He took me after all my brothers and everything had gone. Um, I went there with him for two weeks, um, to Athens, Santorini, Noxos and, uh, Crete. Um, it was incredible. So that's fascinating, but your dad was in the CIA. Like that's, are you no, kidding me? My grandfather, my grandfather. Did I say my dad? You did I'm say sorry. your dad. Okay. Well, oh, any, shit. either way, either way, your grandfather, that's okay. amazing. Like that's, that's a story in and of itself. 
Yes. Yeah. It's there's a lot of uh, a lot of history in my family. But we can't talk about it. No, none of it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, we can't. <laughs> I don't. I don't know any stories about the CIA though. He never told us. Oh, he never well, told us anything. Of course he didn't. Um, you can recommend one book that will change someone's life. What is it? The Alchemist. I feel like we maybe have talked about that book before. That's a really good book. I think we probably did. Yeah. All right, Jameson. You and I met a few years ago, and I've always been in of admiration of your passion, authenticity. Um, I remember when I first met you, you just came across as such a genuine human being to me. And the fact that we share a mutual passion for music has always made me respect you even more. So you've just released your first album. And of course, I want to hear all the details about it. But why don't you start by telling us a bit about your background and what's led you to this point in your life. And I also want to know what you believe to be the message that you were brought here to share with the world. Mm, Okay, awesome. Um, Well, I'll try to break it down into a a short story. Um, Not very good at that. Uh, But... So I was born and raised in New Hampshire. Um, I was born in my living room um, that is still currently there. My dad still owns that house. Um, and out in the woods, middle of nowhere, back roads, dirt roads. Um, had a lot of places to play. Didn't really spend much time inside. Spent most of the day outside playing. Um, two older brothers. Um, my mom passed away when I was five from breast cancer. Um, and then my dad remarried a year after that. Um, and my stepmom had two kids of her own. Uh, so I have two, uh, a brother and a sister as well. So I have four siblings in total. Um, and it was, I'm not gonna lie. It was rough. It was rough growing up. Um, it wasn't an easy childhood, lots of fighting, lots of yelling, lots of, I mean, cops were called like lots of lots of craziness and I kind of uh, secluded myself a bunch um, but that's where I got into music um, I, I I got a little yellow boom box I remember this was probably it was like one of those Sony sport ones um, back in like 92 93 or something I don't know I remember those vividly yep right um, they're great I took it everywhere with me um, and I would tune it just right to the Boston hip hop station, which I could only get sometimes. And if I got it right, I would put in a cassette, blank cassette, and start recording songs. Oh my God, I remember that. Kids, this was <laughs> long before the iPod. Yes, way before. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is like the first iPod. No, um, but I made tons and tons of those mixtapes. Um, and I remember very distinctly. Um, I'm surprised I didn't say this was my favorite song, but it's probably my second favorite song. I remember very distinctly hearing Tupac's Keep Your Head Up. Oh, wow. Um, right when it came out. It was that, Dr. Dre, Nothing But a G-Thing, right around 93, 94. Um, and I was just hooked. I just it Music got me through my childhood. Um, I would kind of tune out everything else and listen to music. Um, and then from there, I got turntables when I was 13, started DJing vinyl. And then a few years after that, started sampling the vinyl um, and built up a, a huge record collection, 1500 vinyl. Um, and then from there, just got into computers and programming music, and then went to school for psychology for two and a half years, um, dropped out to go to school for music. Uh, recording arts and music production, and then 
graduated and then and that was in 2008 came out to LA drove across the country actually drove to Sacramento sold my car um, for a de- for a security deposit to move to LA wow um, found a place on Craigslist no pictures um, and just went for it I had never been to L.A. before. I had visited my friend once for two days about a month before that um, and just kind of went for it, risked everything. You were uh, the second person I talked to that had never been to L.A. and moved here sight unseen. I can't believe that. Wow. That's awesome. It took a while for me to warm up to it, but I absolutely love L.A. Um, it's, it's, it feels like home now. Agreed. Um, but yeah, just been focusing super hard on my music. Um, for a while, I was focusing super hard on partying, but got through that. And uh, now I just I just want to become the best possible version of myself uh, that I can possibly be. And um, hopefully by getting in touch with my true authentic self that I can get other people to do that as well. Um, just simply by being my authentic self. And getting them to see that it's that it's possible to do so, even if it is risky and embarrassing. I love that so much, and I—that's one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you because obviously there's in LA there's hundreds and not thousands of musicians that I could talk to or reach out to. But um, I love your story in particular because of the message, and I think that you definitely have something great to share with the world. Um, I want to ask you really quick though, because I'm actually fascinated by why you didn't study music in college. Why did you opt for psychology? Well. First? At first, I mean, I went to school um, at University of New Hampshire. Um, took a year af- I, just to back up a little bit. I took a year off after high school. I graduated when I was seventeen, um, and then took a year off so that I could live on my own, move out of my my parents' house, um, and just try to make it make it on my own before going to school. Because I did, I never really saw academics as it was never a motivating factor for me. I never really saw the point. I was like, well, if I'm going to go to school, I want to go to school for something that I actually believe in, gotcha. not just to go to school. Gotcha. Um, but I ended up <laughs> kind of just going to school um, because I wanted to experience it. Um, I wanted to experience college and uh, went there for two and a half years. Um, I was undeclared for two years. Then they made me pick a major. So I chose psychology because I was interested in it and um, honestly, the reason was I wanted to figure out what was wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> like most other college students. <laughs> exactly. That was the first thing they told me in psychology class. Um, don't take psychology to try to fix yourself because it's not going to work. I was yep. like, well, shit. Or shoot, can I swear on? You can, you can say whatever you want. Um, it's true though. I think a lot of people, like when you first discover psychology in college, because of those, those life skills aren't really taught in high school. You're like, you discover this and you're like, oh my God, I can figure out what's wrong with me. And then you realize you can't through a psych class, but yeah, I digress. Totally. Um, yeah. So I got a scholarship for, for track. I was doing long jump and triple jump. So I got a scholarship there. So I decided to go to UNH. Um, but then two and a half years into it, I was like, what am I doing? Why am I wasting my money here? I got to do what I want. Um, so I dropped out, worked for a little bit. And then ended up moving to uh, Winter Park, Florida to go to school for recording arts and music business. At what point in your life did you realize that music had an impact on your soul? Ooh, very early on. Um, 
as a kid, just what it got me through as a kid. Um, Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Uh, I guess just having a rough childhood, I, uh, I, I went inward <laughs> and um, I tried to ignore the pain um, and I tried to, I wanted somebody to relate to, um, but I didn't want to interfere with what was going on around me, I guess, with my family because they had their own issues. Um, so I think music resonated with me in a way that I had never felt before. That there was that there was people out there, that there were people out there that felt the same same kind of pain, same kind of struggle, same kind of um, same kind of things I was going through. It was a it was a way for me to relate to people, um, and that's how I would drown out the fighting. I would, I would listen to, listen to music. Gosh, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't know necessarily this part of your story and I identify with it so much because music genuinely got me through my childhood too. And my adulthood, to be honest with you. I mean, it still does. Yeah. Um, and I, I love when music connects people. What do you think it is about music that does connect us so greatly? You've touched upon it a little bit, but if you could just elaborate. That's a good question. Um, I think on multiple levels it, it connects to us. I think the deepest part it connects to our soul or whatever whatever you want to call that. Um, it connects on such a deep level that I think we don't really have the power to comprehend. Um, but on a more surfacey level, I think it, it, it gives us a way to to realize we're not alone in this world that we're not just floating along and uh, by ourselves that we can, that we have other people that are going through similar things. Uh, yes. And it's, it's, it's so crucial for humans, I think, to be able to relate to each other, to know that they're not crazy, that they're not alone, that they're, that they're surrounded by other people that are just going through stuff as well. Even if it's not the same exact thing, just to know that somebody's going through something in their life. Um, is very relatable. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, I know that music, I mean, I could literally talk about this for days. Right. But, um, I think that what's amazing about music is that for me personally, and I had this realization recently actually, it, it allows us, and I can speak for myself in particular, to really experience the moment. And I think especially today with like technology and just so many distractions around us, when I hear a song that has an impact on me, like I am never more present and I, that's why I love music because it brings me back to this moment and it helps me focus and stay centered. And I, I don't know. I, it's, it's interesting to me too, because I think there's so many different genres in music and like for me personally, pop music has had an impact on my life. And a lot of people look at pop music and they think, Oh wow, that's cheesy. You know, there's no, there's no purpose to it. But what I love is, when someone says that they identify with music, I genuinely am interested and I don't care what particular genre because it's so subjective. It's such a subjective experience. And if it has an impact on you, it has an impact on you. And that's so magical regardless of the genre or the artist or any of those things. 
Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Um, it definitely brings me present. And that's why I like to create it. I think it brings me even more present uh, because I'm, I'm literally writing about what is currently going on around me, what I'm currently going through, the struggles I'm going through, the happiness I'm going through, the ups and downs. It's, it's a reflection of the present moment. Um, and that's what I really like to reflect in my music. Um, but anyways, getting off topic, um, it, uh, it definitely connects me to the present moment. Awesome. I love it. What, um, when did you write your first song? And do you remember what it was called? Wow. I think the first actual complete song that I wrote was called Corruption. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. And it was horrible. Um, but, I mean, looking back on it, it, of course, in the past, it was, it was perfect that I wrote it. But, um, and I was so proud of it but so scared, shitless, just to show anybody. Um, but it was, it, was, it was perfect the way it was. I don't know. It's, it's funny to look back on, though, now. I still have the song. Um, it, it's, it's a good reminder of how far I've come. <laughs> of course, of course. Can you talk a little bit about your writing process? It, it really varies um, every time. It's, it's different every time. Because I, I produce the music too, I, I create all the, the music, play the instruments, and do the vocals as well. Usually I'll, I'll make the music first, or I'll at least get the basis for it down. Um, and then I'll really connect with the instruments, the feel, the real genuine feel of the song, and allow things to come up for me, inside of me, and write about whatever comes up. And, but try to stick to one topic. I, don't, I want it to be all cohesive. I don't want it to be scattered and random. I definitely like to create an actual song um, that either tells a story or um, has one cohesive subject. Um, but yeah, I, I usually create the music, then start writing to it, and then keep, keep working on the music and kind of go back and forth until I, I whittle both down until... Um, until the end. Nice. Until it's perfect. Super controversial question. Do awesome. you <laughs> Do you believe that you're, you're in control of what comes out, or do you think it's something greater at work? Honestly, recently I've realized that it's something greater. Yeah. I, I honestly, as a kid, I lost faith in, in God when my mom died. I pretty much said, well, why, if there is a God, why would he take my mom from us? So I lost faith in God pretty early. And, uh, but recently it's, it's just been undescribable or indescribable how connected to some kind of power, some kind of higher power that is just like, I just get channeled. I get chills all over my body. I feel like I'm on fire and so connected to the universe or something and it just comes out. And those moments I'm learning to grasp onto and just allow whatever's happening to happen and let it come out and through me and go with it. And the more that I do that, the more that I trust that, the better it gets. Absolutely. I love that. Uh, you recently shared a story, I think it was on Facebook, about the impact that one of your songs had on a fan. 
Yeah. And I, I remember just being really touched by that. Can you tell us about that story and maybe any others that you want to share along those lines in regard to your music or just maybe how music just touches people in general? Well, I mean, to, to kind of go back a little bit, about a couple months ago, or actually, let me start with this. Um, so about a year ago, a little over a year ago, um, I, I had pretty much given up on, on lyrics. I was, I just said, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a producer, um, because that's what I'm most comfortable with. I can do that in my sleep. I can produce music for other people, create the sound bed for them. They can sing on it. Um, I could do that very easily. Um, but I gave up on, on rapping, on singing, on all of it, um, out of, out of fear and out of fear of being judged out of, um, just fear of embarrassment, fear of rejection, fear of uh, lots of things. Um, but I, I decided to go at the fear one day and show one of my friends, um, his name's Chris, Chris Aguillo, rapper, rapper named Nonsense. Shout out to him. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, he changed my life because I, I, I showed him a few of my songs. And he, I remember he distinctly stopped, looked at me and said, what the fuck? <laughs> Why haven't you shown this to me before? And just his adamant, like, I'm, I'm dropping everything I'm, I'm doing right now and we're going to finish your album attitude was crazy. It, it sparked something in me that, that really, it, it, it started my own self-worth, um, which is the most important thing that I've come across in the last, the last year is just my own self-worth. And it was a slow, slow process, but little by little, the more I wrote, the more I showed people my music, um, the more I realized that all I all I need to do is just be authentic and people will connect to it. Even if I think the music's weird or it doesn't fit a certain genre or it doesn't sound like pop music or it doesn't fit into hip hop. Like it's, it's, it is what it is. And it's not even for me to try to fit it into a category like that. Um, I just get to create it and let go of it, see what happens. Um, so anyways, he, he got me to own my own creativity in, in own my own voice in reality. Um, and so anyways, about a year later, uh, I decided, I mean, I've been working on this album for six years. I wrote a lot of it five, six years ago when I had first moved to LA, um, and was very depressed. So the first part of the album was, was part of that. And I really wanted it to be a, a cohesive journey. So I, I put that all together anyways, came out with the album um, and just kind of let go for the first time in my life, let go of my creativity and said, okay, this is it. I'm going to let go, see what happens. And of course, all of the fear of what are people going to say? People are going to hate it. I'm not going to get anybody to buy it. I'm not going to get anybody to support it. All of those fears came up, um, self doubt, sabotage, self sabotage, Everything came up for me. It was like a tidal wave of self-doubt. Um, I remember being bawling on the floor, crying my eyes out, wanting to give up. And not, <laughs> not giving up and continuing with the release. 
And so anyways, I put it out there. And the more that I, the more that I show, the more that I authentically showed myself to people vulnerably and honestly, the more I realized that's what connects me to people is the vulnerability and the honesty and the authenticity. Because I think especially our generation, we're sick of the bullshit. We just want to know the real stuff. We want to feel the real stuff. Totally. And um, so I'm not sure exactly which, which uh, story you're talking about, but I've, I've been blessed that um, a bunch of people have reached out to me, whether it's on Facebook, text, wherever. Um, people that I've never talked to, people that I haven't talked to in eight years to let me know just that that what I'm putting out is is affecting their life and inspiring them. I just got one today from my good friend Jen Dykstra um, that she just reached out and said, thank you for posting what you post consistently. Everything you've been posting has been inspiring me. And that's what I live for. Like that's that's why I keep doing it. That's why I keep making music. It's what keeps me going. Um, just having that connection to people and knowing that me being completely authentic creates that in other people and creates that spark in other people that could light them on fire. And the people that, that don't like it, honestly, I mean, they can, they can fine. That's cool. Awesome. Even if you, (laughs) even if you tell me that you don't like it, I love that. I want any feedback I can get. Um, especially the negative. I love the negative feedback. That's what, that's what, keeps me going and keeps me keeps me growing we know Um, all about negative feedback right exactly (laughs) (laughs) um that's the exact reason why i'm doing this podcast because i i want to have that same impact on a obviously a different level on a different scale but i think um i'm just so in admiration of anyone who has that ambition because it's tough to put yourself out there it's tough to you know not just speak your mind but to do it in a way that is authentic and real and that could potentially offend people. Yep. Um, it's, it's tough. Let's, let's talk a little more about depression and self-doubt because I think these topics are considered by some to be kind of taboo and everyone experiences them obviously, but we don't really talk about that. So what has your experience been like with these emotions? And I guess what words of wisdom can you share with someone who might be experiencing them right now? Well, first of all, I mean, just don't give up. That's, that's really, that's really it. Um, but my, my personal experience is, I mean, it started young. I remember, I remember crying myself to sleep at what, six, seven, eight years old. Um, just wishing that I could see my mom one more time and wanting to have her in my life again. And why everybody else in my life, all my friends still had their mom and I didn't. Um, and I definitely thought about suicide as a kid. Definitely thought, I remember distinctly having the thought, maybe if I kill myself, I'll get to see my mom again. Wow. And I mean, I never, never really acted on it. Um, but it was something I struggled with as a kid. I, I, I was very shy, very internalized, very 
troubled by my own thoughts. Um, and I don't, I don't ever think I was really, <laughs> I wouldn't consider myself crazy, but I was, I was, I was hurting. I was in pain. I was in a lot of pain. Um, mainly stemming from that. Otherwise, I mean, I, I made the best of my childhood and tried to, tried to make the best of the situation, but I, you, you can't avoid the pain, um, when that happens. Um, but as I continued to grow, I mean, it kind of, it was a weird mix of gratitude for what I do have on one side of the spectrum because I lost my mom and I'm super grateful that I have my dad and that I have my, my brothers and all my friends. Um, so I would constantly be smiling, but there was that huge dark layer of depression and anxiety and self-doubt um, under all of that, under the mask of happiness. And I struggled with that for, for years. I used to go to therapy, um, saw tons of different, tons of different therapists and continued to struggle with that up until the last couple of years. Um, and I mean, got into drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, anything that would numb the pain or allow me to avoid what was really going on. I'm, I was in. Um, and I so desperately wanted to escape the pain that I was willing to do anything. Um, but then it got to a point where I, I was doing cocaine with one of my friends one night and took too much of it. And I wrote, I remember sitting on my bed at my friend's place. I was staying in his studio apartment and in his living room. Um, and I remember writing a note goodbye that I, I literally thought I was going to die. But the only time in my life I've ever legitimately thought I was going to die and felt that I was going to die. I wrote a letter to my family and friends telling them that this isn't their fault. I love you all. And I just want you to know that I've lived a good life and it was my, my final goodbye. I thought I was going to die, but I didn't. And changed my life after that, <laughs> for sure. Um, and then I was blessed by, by one of our other mutual friends. She introduced me to this self-awareness training that I was, I was just so, so resistant to going to. It wasn't, in, it was like a few months she kept trying to get me to go like, when are we getting coffee? When are we going to meet up? And I'm like, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll meet up at some point. Anyways, two months later, I'm like, fine, just to like get you off my back, I'll go. And I was like, it's so uncomfortable to, to do. It was, it was, it was painfully uncomfortable. Um, but I did it. I did it anyways and went and it blew my mind. And then I did the second training. And it was a five-day training. Second one was five days as well, 10 days after that. And then there was a, a leadership program where you basically just take what you've learned and apply it to your life over the course of four months. You have a personal coach. So I did all of that, and that lit me on fire um, and got me past a lot of the, the bullshit that was just accumulated on top of all of the 
the genuineness and authenticity that I wanted to get out. Um, and that, that sparked a huge thing in me. Um, and I, I guess I'm grateful that I had that experience because it, it allowed me to look at my life in a different way. Um, I learned to look at my, my mom dying, not as a, a negative thing anymore. It wasn't depressing. It was, it was more of a blessing because I wouldn't be the man I am today without her passing away. I mean, that's just a fact. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be as grateful for what I do have in my life if I didn't learn what's the worst possible thing that could be taken away from me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, it's, it's so nice and refreshing to be able to look at life that way now. Um, and with such gratitude of just, I, I appreciate everything in my life, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. It's all, it's all leading you to the person that you're supposed to be. Um, and the pain, if I hadn't gone through the pain, I wouldn't be strong like I am now. I wouldn't, I just, I wouldn't be myself. Um, so I might be a completely different person. Absolutely. That's really inspiring. I, so much of that. I just really touching. Thank you for sharing all of that. Sure. Um, I want to move on to happier things. Um, you've just released your, you've just released your first album, which I'm so proud of you for. Uh, I know that you wrote, produced, mixed, mastered all this stuff yourself. Tell us what that process was like for you and, and what does it feel like to finally have it out into the world? Um, the process, in all honesty, I mean, it's been exciting. It's been frustrating as hell. I've wanted to quit tons of different times um, and really felt like I was going to quit. But uh, the persistence, I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't quit. No matter what I, what I did, I couldn't quit um, what was coming out of me. So I was determined to make something of it, um, which is why it took six years but it was, it was a struggle. And then even down to the last minute, it was a struggle. Um, but to have it out there as it was, it was conquering one of my deepest fears, um, ever because I realized I had a huge, massive fear of judgment and wanting to be accepted by those around me. And it allowed me to say, you know what? fuck that. <laughs> I'm just going to go for it, be myself and see what happens. And I had no idea that that was the exact breakthrough that I needed to light a fire in my life. And it absolutely did just going at the fear. And one of the, one of my favorite sayings, this is a gem and I'll share this. This is the first thing I'm going to get tattooed on my body, which one of my friends just sent me the design randomly. Oh, wow. That's exciting. But um, use fear as your compass. That's so good. So good. Yes. That has guided me through my whole life um, or my whole life. The last two years, at least, since my personal coach told me about it. Um, Yeah. Fear is one of those things you're supposed to like. We're supposed to walk into it. Yeah. Run away from it. But we're supposed to actually like it's a guide to like keep going. Exactly. To go at it. It, it, it's, yeah. it tells you exactly where you need to go to break literally the action of breaking through. You have to take action, break through the fear. You can't go around it. You can't back away from it. You can't avoid it. You have to go through it, which takes an action 
such as releasing your first album or doing your first video or whatever it is, you, that one fear that you know is holding you back, but you're allowing yourself to be smothered by it instead of just going at it. And that's exactly what I did. And that's exactly where I'm, I'm at right now. I'm going at every single fear that I have. And since then, I'm, it's just constant fire. Just, I'm on a, a, an amazing path right now and I'm so grateful for it. And the one thing that I could say is just go at whatever fear is holding you back. I love that so much. Thank you. So the reason I started this podcast, I wanted to challenge the idea of living the status quo. Now, yeah. tell me, how do you see the world and those of us living in it evolving in a way that is challenging the status quo? And how can us, how can those of us with this sort of awareness help to contribute? Sure. Well, I mean, I think this is, this is one thing that's still, still hard for me to talk about, um, out of fear of judgment, I guess. And that's why I keep talking about it. But, um, I've, I've been a vegetarian for my whole life. I was born and raised vegetarian, even after I had my own, own option to be vegetarian or not. Um, but I never really knew the full impact of eating meat. And I know this is controversial and I'm not trying to get everybody to go against what, what anybody believes. I guess I just want to I like to question why we're doing things and I, I like to go against the grain to make sure that I'm doing things the best way that I know possible. And once I know that fact, whether I am or not, I want to take action on that. So I've, I've just recently, I watched a, a film called Cowspiracy, which isn't one of those gruesome vegetarian vegan videos where they where they show a lot of slaughtering and stuff like that it's not one of those it's all fact based on the environment why our climate is this this way and how it's not fossil fuels and all that it's actually a lot of it is animal agriculture why the rainforests are getting cut down in brazil um the real reason why it's all our climate is is going to shit um and he did it in such a way that was so, he was, in, he was just curious as to why these companies were denying him interviews. And nobody would admit that it's animal agriculture, but there's facts that it's, it's animal agriculture that is contributing the most to our climate change. Um, and nobody would answer him throughout the whole, the whole movie as to why this was. And when he asked people directly to their faces, government officials, everybody, what they had to say about animal agriculture being the number one cause of climate change, everyone said, I can't answer that. I, I won't answer that. No comment. And the way he presented it was just like, I'm just a curious guy asking these questions and you're not you're not answering them. Like, why? Why aren't you answering me? Why are you avoiding this? Um, it just kind of made me realize the things I avoid in my own life and why I avoid them and why not just take action on them. It's, it, if, it's a, if it's a fact and I can contribute in a positive way, I want to do that. 
Um, and I know one reason that I'm, I'm put on this earth is to spread awareness, um, question the norm, not be normal. Um, I'm not meant to fit in. I don't like fitting in. I always like to challenge the, the status quo. Um, I like to, to question the norm and, and I like, I like to trigger that in other people just to question, question why we do certain things. Um, instead of just going along, going with the motions and, and being just like everybody else. Like we're not meant to be just like everybody else. Um, we're meant to be individuals and be ourselves, but be connected to everybody else, but also influence other people as well. Um, but it's a very delicate subject. And that in particular is, it's, it's tough because people get very offended by it. And I don't want to offend anybody. I guess I, whenever I find a, whenever I find something that inspires me or inspires me to change in a positive way, I like to share that so that other people are aware as well Absolutely. Of, of those certain things. And I, I guess that's where, where I'm trying to come from and find a way to delicately present a solution. Um, I feel like, um, you, you summed it up perfectly and I couldn't agree with you more. Um, that is what it is. I mean, people, there will always be people offended by your opinion and you can't, there's nothing you can do about that as long as your opinion is coming from an authentic place and a genuine place. Um, and in this respect, even compassion for other human beings, um, you can't be worried about what people are going to think about that. I do feel like I need to have a disclaimer here though, because you are the second, if not third person to mention this documentary. I do not have an agenda <laughs> with this podcast. It's so funny. Like everybody's talking it's about incredible. this. It's incredible. Yeah. Everyone's talking about this documentary. It's crazy. I'm, I'm so happy that everybody, I'm so happy to hear that Yeah. just because it, it, it is that important and we can't just keep ignoring the problem. And that's as a society, in all honesty, it is, we are doing that to be truthful. I mean, we, we are ignoring the biggest problem we have. And I mean, it's only time, it, time's going to bring it right up to our face. We can do something about it now, or we can do something about it later. Well, and uh, I think too, th- th- so there's the component of obviously like it's, it's affecting the climate, but I think if you look at it on yet another level, like I am almost as passionate about animal rights and just animals in general as I am about music. Yes. And, um, I, I had a conversation recently with someone that was a vegan and I'm not vegan. I, I eat chicken. I don't eat a lot of red meat, but I, I do eat chicken. Uh-huh. Um, but he was explaining to me something that I'd never really thought about before. And he was talking about energy, right? And that's really all any of us are. Um, and he was talking about how like caged animals, when you eat them, the way that they live and the way that they die when you eat them, you, that is a transfer of energy from that experience that they had into your body. Yes, and exactly. And I had never thought of it that way before. And yeah. I will tell you that it causes me to take a step back when I see chicken on the menu. Sure. Um, or even like eggs or anything along those lines. And again, like food is food. And I mean, that's a very controversial subject for a completely different type of podcast. But um, it's something to think about. And I think to your point, like... If, if there's something on your mind or there's something that you've, you know, a new idea that's been introduced to you and you have a responsibility to share that with other people and people can take it and do something about it or they cannot. But like I said, that particular individual got me to think in a way that I hadn't before. And 
that's why I feel like I'm alive. Like I love the idea of seeing things in a new light. Yeah, me too. I'm always trying to challenge myself and, and just get down to the facts, get down to the realness and down to my true authentic self and be literally the best person I possibly can and contribute in a positive way. Absolutely. Um, yeah. What are some tools and tricks that you use to stay inspired or motivated in your life? Uh, recently, a lot of uh, YouTube videos <laughs> of just like inspiring things, whether it's uh, gratitude, different videos, um, TED Talks or or inspirational videos. Um, really, though, I think it's it's attaching myself to people around me that are also up to big things like that and want to want to better themselves and challenge themselves. And I think our, our import, our, our immediate surroundings are incredibly important and who we surround ourselves with. Um, and we get to be very careful about that because people can, people can bring us down. Um, even if they don't mean to, even if they have great intentions, they might not be in the right place where you're at, or they might not be in the same place that you're at. And sometimes, unfortunately, you, you kind of have to cut ties totally. uh, and, and move on and realize that maybe you got to go on a different path. And if you're inspired by somebody else, try to attach yourself to them and get in touch with them, see what they're doing that inspires you and use, use the connections to whatever, whatever comes into your life, use it to light that fire, put gas on the fire and, and keep going. Um, and if you find that inspiration, keep on it, like do it, use it until it's gone and then find the next inspiration and then use that till it's gone and just keep going. And I think that's what's, it's really what life's about for me right now. I agree. I think um, they say that you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. And so there's yeah. there's an importance about being intentional with that for sure. Definitely. Um, many aspiring entrepreneurs and artists tend to feel stuck in their progress or they don't know where to begin. Um, they often hear things like just starters, take action, but they don't really know what that action is. Yeah. Um, and that advice sometimes just really isn't helpful. What is a tangible piece of advice that you would give to someone who wants to get started, maybe with music, um, and doesn't quite know where to get started? I would say do whatever it takes to get in touch with yourself and realize who you are. Find the exact person that you are. Find what inspires you. Find what triggers that fire in you and go at it. And if you need to, cut ties with, with some relationships that aren't benefiting you. Um, that has been the hardest thing because I, I care about everybody in my life, but really it, 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 it takes a lot of will and determination and you've got to be able to do whatever it takes to get to your goal, um, no matter what it is. And that does, that does involve, um, getting rid of, rid of the baggage. Um, as, and you got to be very, very honest with yourself and authentic with yourself and look around you and see what's benefiting you and what's not. Um, and get rid of all of that shit so that you can find out who you truly are and 
then from there, once you find out who you are, that's the easy part. You just be who you are. And then all of the rest, it just comes out. It, 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 you literally, like I've experienced it in the last couple months, like I, or the last couple of weeks, really, you just get channeled. It's like, oh my God, I found my authentic self. It's here. Awesome. Channeled. And like, I'm getting chills. I have chills right now. And the last week, constant chills. What is your definition of success and have you achieved it? Hmm. Success to me has definitely recently changed. Um, I would say, I would say success is actually in the journey. Uh, I don't think success is the end goal. I don't think it's the, the end. Like we, the, where, where it's at is in the journey. It's, it's in the growth. It's in the development. It's in the authenticity within yourself. It's in the action of going for what you want. And I think success is actually has more to do with your character than a goal. Um, to me, success is being the person that you want to be, the authentic person that you want to be, whether you're, whether you've achieved a physical goal or not. I mean, I, I think it's, the journey is what we really get to soak up and make the most of. Um, because if we're constantly going for just a goal, like a, a physical goal or something like that, we may never get there. So we could just end up not being happy the, our whole lives. But if we're constantly working on ourselves, if I'm constantly trying to be the best person that I can possibly be and grow into that man, I'm going to love the journey, the highs, the the lows, everything, because it's like, great, this is, this is another opportunity for me to be a better person. And what can I do to be a better person to get to be the, the best possible version of myself? What will get me to that? So that's really my goal. Um, and that is success to me is to be to shed the layers and get down to my true authentic self. What do you hope will be your legacy? I hope that I will inspire people to question the norm, go against the grain, be daring, take risks because you believe in yourself. Um, I want to ignite that in other people. I want people to find their true authentic selves and be whatever that is and stand up for it and be relentless and unwavering in that. And that is what I really want to spark inside of every single person that I come in contact with. And the more I can do that, awesome, the better that, <laughs> I don't know, that's, that's what it comes down to for me. Jameson, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> it's, totally. <laughs> it's been such a pleasure and I am so grateful for this time. I want to uh, wish you. Thank you. Thank you. This yeah, is awesome. Yeah, of course. Tell us a little bit more about where we can connect with you on the web. Um, on the web, pretty much everything I have is uh, J-R-S-F-D-B-K. Um, so that's 
jrsfdbk.com, facebook.com slash jrsfdbk, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud. Do you want to explain that really quick? Because it's kind of cool why. The FDBK part? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so in that, that training that I did, I was trying to come up with an alter ego um, because I'm such a loving, compassionate person. I wanted to bring out the other side of me, which was way more rebellious and against the grain and stood up against everybody. Um, so I came up with the, I wrote the word, I remember writing the word feedback and the symmetry between the D and the B stood out to me for some reason. I was like, Ooh, what if I took out the vowels? So I took out the vowels and it was FDBK and I wanted a very simple name. And I've been looking for a production name. I've gone through tons and tons of them for years, for 15 years or so. Finally got it down to that FDBK feedback, um, which also stands for freedom delivered by knowledge. I wanted something to connect very deeply and stand for what I'm really about. And that's, I mean, that's it. Freedom delivered by knowledge. The more that I learn about myself, the more, the, the better I get and the more powerful I get. Um, so JRS are my, are my initials, Jamison Ryder Sands and FDBK is, is feedback, which is one of my alter egos. You are truly an inspiration, my friend. Keep doing amazing things in the world. Thank you, sir. You too. All right, I want to thank Jameson so much for sharing his story with us. I found it to be quite inspiring. And I want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, please head over to iTunes and be sure to subscribe. And while you're there, please share your thoughts with a quick review. Now you can find the links for everything we talked about today in the show notes, which are available at thinkoutsidethelines.com slash podcast. Until next time, go out there and do whatever makes you happy. And remember, the best way to predict the future is to create it. For more information, please visit thinkoutsidethelines.com.